0: Uh, yes, correct. Uh, all right, but yeah, thank you uh, so much for talking today in regards to your film. It's a it's, it's a great film, especially for someone who I watched Chasing Him beforehand, and not my cup of tea. <laughs> it was very interesting to see your perspective on uh, the film. So, kind of, kind of, like my first question is because the film, in a way, shows like I want to somehow you felt about like quite a difficult moment in your life mm-hmm. as you know you as you transition yeah. in regards to this. so how difficult was that for you to present that on film? Because in a way you're reliving that experience like when you're editing and you're kind of reliving that, those moments over and over again. You know,
1: you've just said it. That's yeah. how it felt was vulnerable and, mm-hmm. and difficult where it was like, you know, as a director, I made the choice to showcase that part of myself mm-hmm. and to preserve it for the benefit of the story. Yeah. If it wasn't for the story, I would not have wanted that version of myself. Um, uh, memorialized in that way because I want people to know me as the person I am now and not the kid I was five years ago. Okay? Right. and But we're all growing. We're all changing. Coming of age is part of life. You can come of age at 12 or 14 or 40, you know, 60. Um, we're all doing that all the time. And so, you know, it was vulnerable in that it was a difficult process in the edits. Um, and full credit to our editor Sharika and our AD e. Lauren, because mm-hmm. they helped me so much in terms of being able to sit through footage that felt too raw, too personal, mm-hmm. too difficult. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I'll never be able to thank them enough for their kindness and their support and their collaboration because they're they are top shelf collaborators and uh, they made it a lot easier when I was having a hard time with it. Yeah, and
0: that's when thing like, I really. I loved about how raw and personal it is, even, if, you know, even though it's edited down, there's always stuff that like didn't make it because it could be too personal, and that, that's completely understandable not to necessarily show that. But at what point did you realize, because at the beginning of the documentary, it was starting off of, I want to read this from the perspective of, of the LGBTQ community on Chasing Amy, and it becomes this more personal reflection of, of yourself. At what point did you realize that that's where the direction of the film was going? Was it something that you realized while you were shooting the scenes or was that something that even added and you're like oh this is where it's going another great question and you
1: seem to really get the movie so thank you Uh. I let's see at the beginning of the movie I did just want to make a a movie about the intersection of the LGBTQ community and chasing Amy but by the time that we shot our first day I had conceded that I would have to be in it a little bit Mm -hmm. so uh, in the same way that Bing Lou is in minding the gap, in such a perfect, mm-hmm. like lovely way, it anchors it in this like real emotion. But it's also, um, uh, it's not self-aggrandizing. It's it, I think it's pitch perfect as a yeah. film, right? And so I conceded that okay, maybe I'll have to be in it in that way. And so we would film B roll of me just in case we would need it for the edit. You know, yeah. or, you know, you're you're scheduling a production shoot. It's like all right, let's just grab the shot with me in it real quick, right? Yeah. Um. Wow. Um, so uh, I digress. The uh, is that is that <laughs> uh, uh, okay? So back to your what was the original question again? I'm sorry. Uh, it's about at what stage that you realize to become more. Oh, oh yes. Okay. So as we're shooting though, yeah. uh, our DP Brad is like we got to put a camera on you all the time, man. Yeah. Uh, he's one of our DPs. Uh, he and Bill Bill Winters. Um, so Brad and Bill, basically, you know, they, they start shooting me, um, as uh, a subject just in case we need to cut back to me. I think everybody else knew how much I would be in it more, much more than I did while we were making it. I think that was their plan all along was to be like, sad, you you need to be in this. Um, and it was just being patient and waiting for me to get to the point where I'd be like, okay, yes. And as we started watching cuts where I would be like, don't have me in the scene. Don't do this. Don't do this. The notes we would always get back is, we need more of you. We need more of you. At a certain point, I needed to get out of the way of the story that the movie ended up being versus the story that I had originally gone out to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we have the best version of the movie as a result of that collaboration and and that process.
0: Yeah. And that's why you talk about the editing process of it. And I think a key turning point of the movie is when you interview Kevin Smith, you say, can we cut him you go off and you talk to him about what's going on. Is there different versions of how you presented that? Because it was beautiful how you just showed the text. like you, you, you there's no waiting about what you're talking about. You go, it just shows on screen, this is what we talked about. It's like is there different versions of that how it always played out?
1: A great another great question. Wow, you really get this. Um I we we talked about this for so long how we wanted to showcase me coming out as trans. Um, And there were a lot of ideas that were floated around, and even some footage shot that was going to be more typical of what you see in a documentary when somebody comes out as trans, focusing on aspects of medical transition focusing on the things that everyone thinks that transition is about. And full credit to our producer, Alex Schmitter, for this. He's the director of transgender representation at GLAAD. He's been doing this work professionally for so long, in addition to being an accomplished documentary producer and working on things like Disclosure and changing the game, right? He was like, Sav, why do you feel like you have to do that? Why do you feel like you have to do that? Mm -hmm. And it was liberating to be like, oh, I don't actually have to do any of this. I don't have to disclose my private medical history to the world just because I changed my name mm-hmm. and I get to be happier. Right. And so that moment, you know, we went through a lot of like edits of like the copy and, and whatnot to make sure that it was as clear and concise as possible while also being emotionally effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had entertained other ways to try to showcase, you know, what would it mean for me to, to come out? We talked about animation. We talked about, but uh, a lot of things, but what we ultimately found was that that quiet, that boundary with the audience as well of, Hey, I've just come out as trans. This is how to refer to me. We, we acknowledge it in the next segment and we move on yeah. and, hey, coming out as trans. is like the C story, maybe. Right. Yeah. I, it's another function of coming of age and getting to be myself alongside these other journeys. I'm also going on.
0: Yeah. And in relation to like, you know, is this, cause this golf is a film about chasing, Amy, it, how was it talking to the talent behind the film that clearly impacted you in such a unique way? Because you could, in how average you could go of two ways, it could be an incredible experience or it's going to be a huge letdown. So how was that for you, you know, interviewing
1: everyone involved? I had to temper my expectations because regardless of however many years before I'd been watching them and watching their work in a very specific context in a moment of time, I, I knew these are real people and my expectations might not align with their reality because I only know them from this point of view, right? It becomes like a parasocial relationship. Yeah. And so I tried to just be as open as possible to, okay, this is what I think they could be like, but I don't really know. Um, and so just trying to go in with an open mind and open heart in those scenarios. They were all, so, I mean, you could see they gave incredible interviews. They were so open. They were so vulnerable. They were so honest. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, the experience of doing those interviews sh- shaped my perspective as a filmmaker in so many ways because each of those filmmaking days were so different, um, but they all resulted in what I felt was like vulnerability, honesty, um, and they helped shape the film in these like really incredible ways. So uh, it was a good time.
0: Yeah, and was there any moment when, like you in, when you
1: know, maybe during the interviews or in the general process
0: that it kind of like a two part question. Is there any moment that you're like super proud of in the movie as a moment, like maybe like, of course, like there was a moment that was sad or like an in interview that maybe
1: didn't make the cut the form that you wish people could see. Oh gosh. I feel like everything that's in the movie is what I want people to see because it's hours and hours and hours of people talking. Um, And I really feel like we pulled the most relevant, important bits for what you see in the final cut. Um, keep in mind, you know, Kevin's a talker uh you know that that was an 8 hour day of just talking <laughs> yeah. not even it's like 8 hours of footage not even how long we were there for mm-hmm. um you know uh i'm really thankful for everybody in the movie who shared like their vulnerable open truths mm-hmm. um it, that was you know lovely to see um somebody who I had a lot of fun with on set was princess weeks and i think you can kind of see it in the in the 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 back and forth there where we're kind of laughing about um you know, blaming uh, gay people for homophobia, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it was just such a delightful, fun experience getting to work with her. Um, she is uh, a badass in every sense, um, but her, you know, her knowledge of like nerd culture and, you know, her take on chasing Amy—it was just like a breath of fresh air. You know, uh, at the end of a very long interview day.
0: Yeah, so this is where we get more
1: into the, the hot questions.
0: Ooh. So, I grew up with a generation that and wasn't did not watch many kevin smith movies okay so my first one i watched was TCM. yeah right this is no big fan of it as we'll go on and uh, what other kevin smith movies
1: would you recommend for a non-kevin smith fan dogma dogma, dogma. it's a terrific movie yeah. um the whole conceit of the movie is that all of catholicism is uh correct and true and that the rules of it um uh, are the actual like ticket to heaven or hell. Right. And for somebody who, you know, grew up in, in, uh, the Catholic church and, you know, skewered it in that way. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of friends who grew up Catholic, including my wife, Riley grew up Catholic, uh, thought it was delightful. Um, I, you know, aside from my personal feelings about chasing Amy, I think it's his best movie. Um, I, I've also heard, you know, that people really love red state. Um, uh, admittedly, I have not seen Red State because I grew up in a state with the Westboro Baptist Church and I wasn't <laughs> keen to revisit that. Yeah. Um, however, um, people really seem to love that. And Riley really likes Tusk. Um, she said, you should have made a documentary about Tusk. This movie works. <laughs> um, and yeah, but yeah, Dogma, I think, is is, is my favorite of Kevin's yeah. movies. Yeah,
0: anyway. so it's, well, one of and two to Ron... I do what his screw movie. Is
1: I'm very proud of myself for that. Yeah, there you go. You know, Clerks is also. I mean, it was groundbreaking for independent film. I mean, yeah. if you look at every movie that's referenced pop culture since Clerks came out, they're kind of biting what Kevin does really yeah. well. You know, like people were not talking about Star Wars in other movies really before that. I mean, Kevin. Can't do sure. I mean, we're all, we all got inspiration from somewhere, right? Slacker was the movie that made Kevin want to make movies. I don't know about copy. I, I can't, I can't attest to that, but, um, you know, like, but really when clerks broke out, it, it like melted people's minds in a lot of ways. I mean, the amount of people we, we met on this production that was like, I make movies because I saw clerks, you know, I, you know, my video store, you know, a uh, version of, of clerks. Right. Um, and so I, I think that's another one that's really uh, highly recommended. Um, any, Anytime I see a, a clip from that movie, I'm like, man, that was a good movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because my friend from America
0: hates that i've never seen oh, okay he's like you should watch these He's like yells at me oh yeah watch these movies
1: yeah ah uh, do it in your own time yeah I mean, like if somebody's twisting your arm to watch a movie it's not going to be it's no, does of the jokes
0: because okay. like
1: he's he's like you call yourself a movie critic you haven't
0: seen like that's what the joke everyone does like you haven't seen x y movies and you're you <laughs> are it's like, well, there's too many.
1: I've Honestly, I mean, I've had to make peace with the fact I will never see every movie. Yeah. And so I try not to be that person of like, wait, you haven't seen X, Y, or Z? Um, because I know how annoying it is when people do it to me. And it's like, with what hours in the day am I supposed yeah. to see every movie in history? I just I
0: start know. listening off movies that they, I know people haven't seen. It's like, if you see an audition? And they go... No, I don't even know what right. audition is.
1: I'm like, right. well, exactly, my point proven. <laughs> my Trump card is usually, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous things. It's like, <laughs> oh, you want to see the movie that inspired Riot girl? Here you go.
0: <laughs> so another thing that was really striking in the documentary is, because obviously a lot of Kevin Smith's early movies were produced by Harvey Weinstein. or mm-hmm. some involvement involved in Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. And that is brought up in the documentary. Yeah. How was approaching that subject matter? Because that is a very delicate matter. Because you know, a lot of innocent women were hurt and. Because of what he,
1: uh, about because of white he, too. Extremely delicate uh, is correct. We took it really seriously. There were a lot of discussions about how we wanted to handle the Harvey Weinstein, you know, influence on chasing Amy. The fact that it was funded uh, by Miramax, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, Joey's interview is so vulnerable talking about Harvey. It's, it's a responsibility we took really seriously. There were some discussions of, you know, should we say his name or show his face? But we also, you know, uh, came to the conclusion, not everybody knows who he is, where we've all heard of him because we work in entertainment. Um, But a lot of people maybe haven't heard of him. Um, And it's important to set that context so that when people are sharing their truths about Harvey, that there is appropriate um, context and care associated with it. Mm -hmm. And so I think he's in the movie exactly as much as he needs to be because it's not about him. You Know he is a part of how Chasing Amy happened, and he is a part of 90s independent film culture and film culture in
0: general, right? Yeah, because whether people like it uh, or not, like especially for more American like he's the reason, like some like Rumble in the Bronx or Legend of Drunk Master 2 came to America just because Miramax distributed those in America,
1: right? And That's it's like, and how do we reconcile yeah. with a person who has done so much damage to so many people? His name being on movies that are beloved that we love,
0: yeah, go the ranks, people, (laughs) right? But I
1: would I would argue that these movies are not special because he's involved. You know, he had an influence of getting it out into the world, and he was a terrible human being. And how do we hold both of those things? Or is a terrible human being still alive? He is a terrible person. So, how do we? how we reconcile with that is one of the many truths that we have to reconcile with. And each person comes to their own individual conclusion of how they want to handle that. Um, mm-hmm. But we just wanted to show, you know, Kevin and Joey's perspectives on that. Yeah.
0: So a big thing about this film is because, you know, we're here in London, very, how is it like, you know, debuting this film in the Alden Film Festival? I've never been to the UK before,
1: so this is really special and really fun. Yeah. Um, Yeah. This is our UK premiere. We're having such a great time. I mean, we're going to play at the Prince Charles uh, yeah. cinema later today and it's incredible shit so i keep hearing and i cannot believe that my first time screening uh, in the uk with this movie or at all to best of my knowledge um, it, it's here i mean yeah. what a what a gift so uh, i'm so thankful to bfi london film festival for just having us you know uh, uh, i don't think they accept a ton of american films uh, so to be in the lineup at all is just so rad
0: yeah, it's and the print shots I guess it was, was it later today the premiere of tomorrow. Yeah, later today yeah.
1: 20 2030. 20, I'm learning military time. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: I, I went and saw Hiro you know, there in 35mm. Oh. And it's a, it's a it's a beautiful cinema because I'm originally I'm uh, from Edinburgh, so I'm up from Scotland. Amazing. And uh I was very upset when it was revealed cuz one of our big independent was closed down oh. last year. And it was rumored that he, the guy that ran the Prince Charles Vier, was going to buy it, but they yeah. denied his bid. And uh, when I went, came down to uh, Star Wars Celebration in April, yeah. that was an experience. So that was oh, wild. That's so cool. Uh, And then we went to Prince Charles, and I was like, why didn't he buy this? This is also, it's such a, it's an incredible feud. So I think yeah. it a good time. Amazing. Can't wait. Yes. It's, is that the cinema that was
1: connected
0: to the film? Uh, yeah, the Prince Charles ones, the ones didn't uh, yeah, so they, they, yeah, it was the time yeah. to the film festival, yeah, they're a film festival, that was up near where that was going to happen, because yeah. the charity went bankrupt, or whatever, it was, it was a huge story. Oh
1: my gosh, yeah.
0: Uh, she's in the film festival world, so she knows all about that stuff. Yeah, we nearly lost uh, film festivals in Scotland, and our film stuff
1: fucking sucks. It's oh no, shit. no! No, it's really bad. <laughs> no! Oh, it's going Yes. Yes. We need film. We need independent film, everything. Um,
0: but yeah. yeah. I know that's all my questions. So Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been an oh, absolute pleasure. I thank you. Oh my gosh. This was, thank you for your questions. That's it's fine. utterly delightful.